Hello, everyone. It is Jet Tadassil here. Welcome to the Women in Pop podcast. It is absolutely lovely to be chatting with you again. Now, before I introduce today's guest, I need to remind you that the latest issue of Women in Pop magazine is on sale right now with Whitney Houston on the cover. Across 10 pages, we look back over Whitney's absolutely gargantuan, incredible career and celebrate her magnificent role in music and impact. Um, we also have interviews with Tovlo, Sampa the Great, Fletcher, Vera Blue, Isabella Manfredi and more. Plus, we celebrate the life of the incomparable Olivia Newton-John. You can buy your copy now at womeninpop.com forward slash subscribe or at a news agency near you. Our guest today, she made a massive breakthrough with her killer single in 2017, Lost Without You, which she followed with equally slaying You Meet the World to Me and Castles. She's been a little quiet on the music front over the past few years while we've all been in sweatpants, but 2023 has seen the return with a bang, with incredible singles, weekends, and face in the crowd from her upcoming album, best title ever, Blood Orange. She has the most stunning voice, is a like slayer, on the piano and is just an incredible person full stop it is of course the wonderful Freya Ridings Freya hello oh welcome to Women in Pop thank you so much yeah that was an amazing honestly introduction might be the best intro I've ever had in my life so thank you that feels it's really good I'm um, like if you want I'll come on tour with you and do it every night literally <laughs> there is a role for hype woman on my next tour a hundred percent I wouldn't say no I'm so glad you said that because of course you are such a champion for women in the industry and when you do it you are and when you do it you don't just go like I'm not saying anyone is false because that's a shitty thing to say but it comes from a place of like it feels like rage within you like it really like there seems to be like this anger that there's just there's always celebrated the men behind the women in the music and no one can actually yeah. trust a woman on a piano and no one can trust a woman to write her song. You I know? know. And you always sing about it and you talk about having women behind you and how you do mm. it because you're just like, there's no one going to do these jobs unless we inspire the girls to learn how to do them. And they're not going to do it so if true. all is dudes. Yeah. I mean, I completely agree with you. I think like championing women in music is just like, it's such a, a thing really close to my heart because... I guess like growing up if my parents hadn't have you know championed me to be like a songwriter and play my instruments and write songs like I think they would have I would have had a very different life so I'm I'm really I'm very very grateful to the people in my life who've always championed that for me but it's so funny it's kind of like if you can see if you can't see it you know you can't be it and for me growing up you know watching those idols like you know Taylor Swift and Florence and Adele and Amy Winehouse and these women who had such unique incredible voices lyrically and sonically now I now realize just how absolutely like inspiring and genius they actually are because I think when you're doing it you do come up against you know especially when you're breaking through you come up against hurdles and people who think you know that you don't know what you want but you do um absolutely so I feel very grateful for that Absolutely. And of course, it. Uh, I think, like you said, it's getting better about feeling the need to show people uh, from a young age to inspire. Um, yeah. And what I've always liked about not just your music, I mean, you, you put this message in your music, but you always speak about it publicly as well, is abolishing that myth of she came out of nowhere. She's like... She's an overnight sensation. She just woke up and she was amazing. 
And you've always been the one to shout down and go, no, no, that's many, many years of piano and singing and trying. I think not not out of an ego place. Like I would have loved if it was an overnight thing. I would have bloody loved that. That would have been great. But I think for me, it's like for, you know, young girls who maybe want to pursue music and songwriting. I think knowing that this is a long game, it's a marathon, it's not a sprint and not to be disheartened. Because if you think that things are overnight success, you know, on their first open mic night or their first song or, you know, the first time that they are brave enough to to show people their work, if it doesn't go immediately well, like, you know, I played Lost Without You as a song, just me and the piano around open mic nights in London for like, you know, three or four years before I even, before I even got signed, you know? And then after that, it was out for nine months on Spotify before it had its breakthrough. So it's like holding on, like holding your nerve, holding that grit and determination and finding people who champion you in those dark wilderness years before anything goes well. I think it's it's more for them than me to say that it was not an overnight success. I, I, yeah, just but so they don't lose heart. Yeah, that's the thing. And I mean, I you know, I, we speak to artists on the show. I spoke to one um, recently who was saying how, I mean, she's doing incredibly well, but because she hadn't, she felt like because she hadn't made it by the time she was 20, and you know what I, I mean? Felt like that. I've never I've never been more depressed than my 21st birthday, I swear to God. Because I felt like I've been writing songs and playing them live since I was like 11. And I felt I was over it. Genuinely, I remember saying to sort of an older singer-songwriter lady on the circuit, I was like, I think I'm going to do a farewell tour. And she was like, don't you have to do a hello tour? And I was like, good point. She's like, you can't just give up. Like, you have such incredible songs. And I was like, yeah, but I've been playing them forever. And it just feels like, you know, so you never know, like, when you know your music is gonna find its its sort of sister moment and kind of go to the next level, but you just have to hold on. It's just it's more about grit and determination than music, I'd say at this That's point. Genuinely, the thing. And you've got such a growl to your voice, which I just love mixing in with a high note. Thank you. Um, I'm just gonna play uh the most recent single from Blood Orange right now, Face in the Crowd. is such a beautiful and uh it brings up a lot of feelings that song like oh, even on you. listening I'm like oh god I, I you know what it is it's we've all been there it's that song I'm I was just obsessed with trying to find my ex like that was literally the point I was you know I'm scanning every every crowd I played and every supermarket. Oh, you know what I mean? Like when there's that one person that is you're still your heart is attached to with an invisible string. It doesn't matter where they are, you are looking for them. Um, and I think I became so in that sort of mind headspace for so long that I was like, this song basically came out fully formed and kind of in a weird way. I feel like it's almost a sister song to Lost Without You because again, I wrote completely on my own. And I don't know, it just, the, the fans really championed this song, like from, from basically from the beginning of lockdown, I, you know, was in Australia, then suddenly I was at home in my parents' front room and I had all these ideas, but I had no way of sharing them with the fans. So I started doing these online weekly live streams on Instagram for an hour a week, every Tuesday night. 
and the fans would tune in and Facing the Crowd was one of the first songs that they I showed them as a brand new song that I'd just written and they they championed it from the very first time I sat at my parents' piano and showed it to them. So the fact that it's out now in the world and it's had such a life and journey before even being released, it kind of, yeah, it feels incredible to have it out in the world and to be able to play it legitimately as a single, yeah. Do you think that's, um, I mean, you said as well, that that feeling of having the fans behind you, but ha have, having written it and having played it and carried it, in almost a time in your life where it was very, very quiet, like the world was very quiet. And possibly the reminiscence to Lost Without You was also because you were playing it to these very intimate spaces again before mm -hmm. it suddenly went, bah! Oh my God, I would say that's a huge similarity because a lot of the other songs like, you know, Castles was written kind of during the sort of first like snowball momentum of the first album. I was very, very, you're right, busy and, and touring and that kind of mindset and going to LA and back. But Lost Without You and Facing the Crowd were both written in complete isolation, sat at my parents' piano and didn't see the light of day for a long time, you know? So I think, yeah, they did kind of, they crystallized in a different way. And I think sometimes with songs that you write 100% on your own, you can feel a little bit more attached to them just because they're just a complete stream of consciousness and they are just a complete moment in themselves. Um, but it meant a lot to me that the fans helped me with that because I was completely, I was working blind for the first time in like forever. Like, you know, I used to always go out to open mic nights from when I was like 11. So to not be able to show people new songs and get that emotional biofeedback in the room, I was, I was struggling and they, they turned up for me, you know, in their hundreds and then thousands. And it was incredible to watch every week. That's gorgeous. And I mean, you said, again, this is that thing, you're like, yeah, I was turning up to open mic nights when I was 11. Like, I was doing some pretty, no, there were great <laughs> theatre productions when I was 11. But yeah. um, where did that confidence come from to be doing open mic nights at 11 years old? It's so interesting that you say confidence because I was cripplingly shy. And I think I was, I come from a family of actors and we're all very kind of like, at home, we're all very sort of loud and like bubbly, but I think outside in the in the world, we kind of, we go into our shell a little bit and we're a bit introverted, or I used to be. And basically I went to school very, very far away and I was kind of, I went to a special school that I couldn't really like afford to be at, but my, my grandma was very, very kind and she's like, you're super dyslexic and you're gonna struggle at any of the local schools, probably get like attacked for being ginger. So she sent me to this fancy school and basically I was very, very isolated and, you know, all the rich kids thought that I was properly weird. Um, so I basically just didn't speak. And then one day I've been writing songs at home. One day I saw a poster that said open mic night. And I was like, what is that? I don't know what that is. And I, I went um, and it was all the sixth formers. And I was, I think I was, yeah, in year seven. So I was 11, um, 11, just or 12. And I literally played my first open mic night. I kept my big green puffer, like my big Parker coat on because I was so shy. I didn't look up. I played two songs that I'd written and just the response was like, it was the first time that anyone had actually like treated me like a person, like, like I was real, you know? Like and it was the first time I felt like I'd actually been myself outside of the house and that was via singing those songs. And so I just, I became addicted to that feeling of like, you know, I was very, very introverted and, and shy and, and sort of ostracized. But when I played music, I got to be this other person and I got to be this authentic version of myself and I've just, you know, the musical instruments and the pianos, they became my friends. <laughs> um, so that's where I turned to whenever I had a story or something happened in my life. And it's still true to this day, really. 
That's such a beautiful image of you in your puffy green jacket just knocking the. There's still videos of it. It's so embarrassing. I was such a. I was like really like. Yeah, it was was a strange, strange kid. That's not embarrassing. That's actually beautiful, and that's who you're. That's who you're sending your songs out to now to try and inspire those same kids. I was reading Mm. that you actually get some really beautiful videos sent to you of children and well, not just children, of people singing. I do a lot. Especially like the toddlers, like, you know, when they're in their nappies and they're like, like, I just want to cry. Cause I'm like, I, I'd always, when I was little, I was obsessed with like big girls. I was like, I want to be like a big girl. And my mom was always like, you will be one day. And I was like, I'd love to like be like them and inspire the next kind of generation of little people or little artists. And it's like, it's just incredible to like, yeah, have my friends send me videos of their kids, you know, asking for weekends in their car seat. They're like, you know, some, my my uh, hairstylist Jamie is her little boy um he asks for me and Elsa from Frozen and I'm like that is an honor that's an honor <laughs> that is some serious company you're in there I like, know Elsa I can't yeah I mean you know they all sung but Elsa sang <laughs> she, wow oh, <laughs> um you I mean speaking of championing the yeah the little girls in puffer jackets Lost Without You also made you the first female artist to have an entirely self-written top 10 hit in the UK since the other champion of Strange Girls in Their Bedroom, Kate Bush, and running up that hill in 1985, which is incredible. Also, the fact that that both of these women, powerhouses, had just a very, very interesting, strange British, you know, occasionally emotionally stunted because of other children, childhood and that goes to show with pop music and the way people I think the way it's perceived um as being not cool or 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 trash the fact that the songs that are resonating are coming from these spaces which I think is very much a beautiful mirror to shine on who we actually are which is the kid in their bedroom surrounded by their things and scared to talk to their friends it's beautiful um did you I mean with that you said that you just felt so empowered like the the piano was your friend you've got such a strong presence on stage with it like you're physically you're it's like some kind of Amazonian like you know you could fit in with Wonder Woman with that thing I mean, um, that is so kind of you. It's, uh, no, but there's not a sense, there's not even a sense of fragility. And you have got a very beautiful voice and, a, and you do get very high, but you know how quite often women seem to be, uh, they're almost encouraged to play the broken bird tinkling on the keys. And you don't do that. Yeah. Is that Thank intentional? You. I know what you mean. I think it's just like, it's what you see when you're growing up. And I think I saw, you know, my mom played piano very passionately. And I think so did my my nana. And um, she's the reason why I even have had a piano because she she paid for us. Because our, our, our original piano was over a hundred years old and the keys were crumbling off. And we had a blind piano tuner man who's very sweet. And he was saying to my mom, he's like, your daughter, she's, she's writing her own music. And she's like, yeah. Um, and he's like, if she wants to be able to go to the next level, she needs a new piano. We like literally just didn't have the money for it. So my, my, I think I come from a long line of fiery women and my Nana bought, like paid for a piano for me very, very kindly. And it's for me, yeah, a fiery, fiery line of musical women who 
never got their voices heard you know for like for having to have I don't know children young or like you know just coming from a different age and I think it was such a beautiful thing that she got to see me you know before she died like sort of in the pandemic she got to see my final show you know that she saw was her thousands of people and it was like with confetti cannons and she saw me on stage with the piano and it was like I've still got it you know she gave me that and I know it's it's a privilege to play piano you know not everyone gets that privilege that's something I feel really passionately about that you know children should have an opportunity to have that in their life if they're very drawn to it and they should yeah I think they're magical things and I feel very lucky to play it but saying that I do kind of hide behind it as well it's a bit of a safety blanket for me so I'm trying to push myself with this next touring phase to kind of stand up from the piano and not hide behind it so much. Because growing up, I was, um, well, I basically like lost half my body weight because I was extremely big growing up. So I almost kind of use it as almost like a, a shield between, you know, me and the outside world. And so trying to be brave and open up and stand up is that's currently my biggest thing that I'm proud of doing at the moment. And what an also incredible thing to be able to speak about um again it's not done particularly with female soloists it's like here she is it's like that doll in the jewelry box I mean speaking of Houston for the magazine um she was presented Mm. to the MTV uh community the white crowd basically as I I always looked at her like a little princess Diana and she would you know what I mean she would just sing and twirl and she couldn't have opinions and everything like this and when she did yeah <laughs> oh yeah. hell breaks loose but as much as we say oh we've moved on from that I don't know I mean you you're much more closer to it but I feel like eh, it hasn't changed that much we still expect so much decorum from our female artists yeah I I agree and you know when you see other artists like especially I love wet leg you know the band yeah um I'm obsessed with them and I have been for like a really long time because there's something about like the whip and the rage and the like it's so that to me is like that's that's female like you know the 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 wide range of emotions not just kind of the like the pretty ones yeah um and the fact that they're sort of they're doing it so like eloquently but like really funny as, at the same time but also stunning like guitar and bass lines like it's incredible to watch and for me I just think the more that you know we empower women artists like that the more women the more young girls will see it and the more girls will grow up knowing that's a possibility and do it and take it further and further and further so yeah I think we have we've come far from you know even like 30 years ago but we have so much further to go just in terms of like but in all areas you know female characters kind of Mm -hmm. my mum my mum is a writer and she's she's fantastic and she has this theory which is like that a lot of the female characters in film and tv are competent humorless and superior and I find this really interesting because sometimes there's nothing more dehumanizing than making someone very, very good at what they do, have no sense of humor. And you know what I mean? It's kind of yeah. like the women I know don't act like that at all. They're actually very empathetic and compassionate and funny and kind and, you know, angry and like clever. And, you know, it's just kind of like there's so much more. And I think in all forms of art, we should just allow women to just be more of who they are. Absolutely, there can't be. It's I mean, it's we've just extended the virgin or the whore, really, and now we're like, exactly. oh, she's the boss bitch. Oh no, yeah. she's the homemaker. Like, and actually, I'm so glad yeah. we we sort of segued here because weekends. Um, yeah. What a song! And like, I mean, I've had the fortune of listening to the whole album, which we're not going to talk about. But I'm going to talk about weekends. Did you listen to it? Oh yes. Oh, <laughs> um, but weekends. Oh, 
it's so fun. It's so fun. And from what we had from you before, we were like, oh no, she's very serious, very serious and sad. And she has a yeah. piano and that's all she does. Um, I'm just going to play it now for anyone that hasn't heard Weekend. Yeah. Weekend. Made you believe I was happy like this. No, no. I don't really have friends. Don't go out on weekends. I don't have a lover left to hold. Friday night I'm on gone. Sat at the piano. Thinking about the ex I shouldn't go. I'm sipping on stones and teacups. Thinking I'm drunk and some hot. With people that I hardly know. I'm also fucking lonely. No one really knows me. You are still the heart I want to hold. I mean, come on. Like if you're just for the first listen and we're just listening to that beat, oh my God, that dance floor beat, you don't realize what the lyrics are saying. And then you're like, oh God, like every club banger though, it has to be like a sad, uh, sad heartbreak story, but it's so fun. Talk to me about this song. So Weekends was one of the first songs that I actually wrote for the album. And it was very sort of unintentional because it came from a really, really dark place. And I was just kind of stream of consciousness. I was very, very heartbroken. And I think I was like mid, I think I was like mid tour or something. And I was just kind of like warming up in a sort of, I think it was like a petrol station bathroom or something. And I just like, I just stopped and I was just exhausted and heartbroken and so tired of hiding how sad I was at that time in my life. But I was performing, I was performing to thousands of people every night, but I'd kind of lost like my best friend. You know, and I hadn't seen my family in a long time. And it just, I don't know, I felt like I couldn't be honest about it without seeming like I was ungrateful for this beautiful opportunity that I'd been given. So it felt very taboo to even say. So I kind of just sang this and whispered it into my iPhone and just left it there on my voice memos for a, while, for a really long time. And it was only actually in lockdown when we came back straight from Australia that we, I was sat at the piano and I just decided to try and put some chords to it and just sort of sing it. And my brother was like, he's seven years younger than me. He's absolutely incredible. And he was like, he knows me better than anyone. And um, he was like, that is one of the scariest, bravest thing I've heard you say about yourself. And I was like, oh, I was like, yeah, I'm not gonna put it out. And he's like, you probably should. I'm like, you probably won't. Um, because it just felt really like taboo and embarrassing to be honest. I was like, I don't wanna show people that. It was just too sad. But then I went into a session with Steve Mack, who's one of my favorite writers and producers of all time. And I was very nervous to work with him. And I was kind of like, oh God, I've got to bring my A game. I don't have anything. I don't, you know, and he turns to me and he's like, um, but instead of asking me like, what's the best idea you had? He was like, what is the thing you've said to yourself recently that has scared you to say? And I was like, well, it's not recent, but it does, still scares me to this day. And I showed him the voice note and then he's like, wow, that is sad. Um, but then he was like, um, you could turn this into something really euphoric, you know, if you, you you can turn it into something that you've, you've overcome. And I was like, I would love to overcome this feeling. I really, really would. I would love to like get on top of it and not make it feel like it's kind of this taboo secret that I can't sing to the world. Um, and also really the album is very inspired by the seventies. It's pretty much only music to the seventies that I listen to for inspiration for it. It's still all I really listen to. I have a genuine problem. I need to listen to more modern music. Um, but it's, it's so interesting that that is the only disco track on the whole album. And that wasn't my intention to have it sound disco. I wanted it to actually be a lot more like organic and euphoric, kind of like the rest of the album, more real instruments. But there was something about disco that I was like, I don't have a disco track and I would love it for this song just to be a kind of like a beautiful anomaly and just to be like something from so melancholic to so euphoric. And now I can kind of 
you can dance to it. And I just, yeah, it makes me feel happy when I hear it now, but it, it was also very surreal because I remember how dark that song was for me for a really long time. So yeah, can I it's, ask it's been you, fun. I mean, sipping on storms and teacups is like my favorite line. Teacups, I... yeah, I love tea. I'm a tea, I'm literally a <laughs> teaaholic. I have, I've actually, I'm just about to run out of my favorite green tea from Tea Picks, Mao Feng, and I'm like about to lose my mind because it's all I think, like I'm obsessed with tea. This is peppermint <laughs> because it's the evening for me, but yeah. <laughs> um, I love loose leaf off. Thank you for that lyric. I don't know what happened about that lyric. It wasn't intentional. I think it just came out. It's because you're That's a tea the thing, person. Like, it's always the ones you don't think about. Hmm? It's because you're a tea person. You're like, oh, I am. I, I am, am sipping on person. storms in these teacups. Because when you're sad and you're just like, particularly in England and you're freezing your ass off, you're just constantly Freak drinking anything in hot water. So, you know, if you're feeling Freak. sad. <laughs> yeah. Um, can I ask you, if you don't mind, what was it? What was that line in the song that scared you the most? Um... I think it was the first one. Well, oh, actually, yeah. like, I think um, I don't have a lover left to hold. It was really hard for me to say. I think the whole first couple of lines was just like, mother of God, like, I have, you know, I've worked really hard for three years and I haven't really seen anyone. I've lost my major relationship. And, and you know, like, at the end of the day, like, these people are, are close with, but they're colleagues and they go back to their families and, who do I call? For me, it was actually the strangest thing was when like the first, I had my first disc arrive for Lost Without You. Very surreal. I had no idea it was coming. And the postman was like, Freya, like, what is this? I was like, I don't know, Mark. I think it's, I don't know. I opened it and it was a platinum disc. And I remember being so like, oh, that was my dream. That was literally my only dream I had really. And then I, I didn't have anyone to call. And I remember I was in town, like after a session, I just went to a bar in King's Cross and just sat on my own. And I was like, what have I done? Like, holy crap. I was like, I can't call anyone. And it was just, it was crazy to me. And I was just like, I suddenly realized that I'd maybe, I'd sacrificed slightly too much, you know? Like when you lose the people you love and, and for a multitude of reasons, like, you know, there were some people in who I w was working with who didn't want me to have a significant relationship because it made me less malleable. I don't work with those people anymore, but it was a very like isolating time for a multitude of reasons. And I, I kind of, I feel for artists breaking through again because I know how much dedication it takes, but also how isolating it can be. Wow. Yeah. And it's so, again, exposing and raw, particularly, as you said, coming off the back of a childhood of not feeling heard and, and, and not being cool. And then, you know, that I imagine, hiding behind yeah. the piano, that's your biggest fear. Those ones that we take on as children they never leave us those insecurities no. so to then be able to release a song that says i don't go out on weekends i don't i've got yeah. nothing um incredibly exposing but i absolutely love that you totally i always call it the dancing on my own you you robined it you know you right. made you made the sound i love banger. that i was actually thinking of that song and that was like i don't think i could have ever heard sadder lyrics than hers and i was like but such beautiful ones as well and especially when you're going through a breakup, you know, and you're kind of, I don't know, my life made it look like I was like in a different city every day, playing to thousands of people. It looks like you're surrounded by people. But then suddenly, you know, 20 minutes after you're off stage, you're like in your pajamas, you're in a in a bunk that's like a, a coffin, you know, and that's in the dark. And then suddenly, you know, you're on vocal rest and you can't talk to your band and you can't call anyone. And suddenly you're just alone and it's hard. And I was like, mother of God, I need to sort this out. But there was no time. And I just kind of, 
for me actually the lockdown it was such a scary time for you know so many people but I feel incredibly grateful for that time because it allowed me to just have a second to realize what was important and reprioritize my life yeah absolutely oh god it's so I mean the the visuals the visuals that you're describing the coffin like bed I mean actually anyone that hasn't seen it please check out the video for weekends because there's some serious disco elements and there is also some great night bus riding through London it looked like you're on a yacht first, <laughs> and I was like oh no I know what that is I've been on that bus okay good yeah um this has been so so lovely thank you so much for coming on our thank show you today so much. this has been it great was a pleasure it's seriously, listeners, you've heard two of them. There's more coming, but please just go and stream. Freya's latest singles, Weekends and Facing the Crowd are both out now and you can download, stream them on all platforms, consume them. Before we go, a final reminder that issue 13 of Women in Pop magazine with Whitney Houston on the cover is out right now and features interviews with Tovlo, Sampa the Great, Fletcher and more. Go buy your copy now at a news agency near you or at womeninpop.com forward slash subscribe. And stay tuned because there might just be some more fair writings course series in Women in Pop and Women in Pop very soon. Thank you for listening today. Until next time from myself and Freya, goodbye. Bye. Thank you for having me.